Because that's what Christmas is about, right? It's about a gift. It's about one specific gift. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And he'll be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God. Everlasting Father. Prince of Peace. What a gift. Amen? God gave us his son. That's the best gift that we could ever possibly ask for because by God giving us Jesus, he didn't just give us Jesus, but he gave us himself. He gave us love. He gave us joy. He gave us peace. Hallelujah. All in one gift. And about 10,000 other things. How many of you have received the gift of Jesus? Hallelujah. But you know, I was thinking about this. And I, I, was, I was trying to think about what gift could we give Jesus this Christmas? What gift could we give Jesus? Do you, do you have some people in your life that you buy gifts for every Christmas that are impossible to, to find a gift for them? They are so hard. Is that anybody? That is my wife. My wife is so practical she just wants things that aren't fun. <laughs> and it takes all the fun out of it for me because I buy her practical things. Um, but she's very difficult. But, but would Jesus be, be someone difficult to find a gift for? What, what do you give someone who has everything? Psalm 24 says, The earth is the Lord's. And everything in it, the world and all who live in it. So Jesus actually does have everything, right? And so I was thinking about this, and I was thinking, well, what possibly can we give Jesus if he has everything? And and I started thinking about the wise men or the magi, because they gave gifts to Jesus. And I think that that, and we actually see it in Matthew chapter 2, and uh, that's actually what I'm going to be preaching out of today is Matthew chapter 2, if you want to turn there. Um, and and, and what, were the, what were the gifts, at least some of the gifts, that the wise men gave Jesus? Can you guys just shout them out for me? Frankincense, gold, and myrrh, okay? And I always think of that, that children's worker that... She asked her, her class this question, and, and, you know, what did the wise men bring baby Jesus? And they said, someone said, gold, Frankensteins, and Smurfs. <laughs> but what I really, I really believe that by examining these gifts and, and understanding the gifts that, that these wise men gave Jesus, because they're not they're not really normal, normal gifts by today's standard. I haven't given someone frankincense in a long time. And I'm completely out of myrrh. Um, but I think if, if we look at what these gifts symbolized, I think we could come up today 
with some great gift ideas for Jesus. Does that sound okay? And, and so today I want to add Jesus to your gift list of people for Christmas. Um, it's okay. I've, I've also asked Jesus, please wear earmuffs every time we talk about the gifts. Because I, I don't want him to be, to, to those gifts be spoiled for him. So it's okay. He's not listening. The Holy Spirit and God the Father, they're still listening. But Jesus is going to put earmuffs on for that part. Um, let's, let's just pray. God, I just thank you for today. I thank you for your presence here, Lord. And we thank you for the gift of Jesus. Help us to really understand what that means this Christmas. What exactly did you give us? And God, I just pray that our hearts are going to be open and just ready to hear the voice of the Lord today, to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit today. And I just pray that we don't just hear your voice, but that we're going to respond to your voice today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so the first thing I want to do is, is I want to understand who these wise men were, because they're quite mysterious, aren't they? Okay. And so Matthew calls them wise men, but the Greek translation is actually magi. And that's how we get that, that word magi. So did you know that there's actually also not a single record in any historical document that calls the magi kings? So they were not kings. Okay, even though, even though we sing we three kings, um, the magi were not kings. Tertullian... Uh, many of you might know him. He's a, a very well-known historian. He called them well-nigh kings, so very nearly kings. And the reason why they were king-like is because they had tremendous political power, and the Magi were absurdly wealthy. Okay, And so we know from the Greek historian Herodotus that the Magi were a sacred and distinguished class of Medes, who, uh, of the Medes, who provided priests for Persia. So they were an elite, powerful, wealthy group of high-ranking priests, okay, who were devoted to interpreting dreams and studying constellations, okay? And, and that was all considered part of science at that time. So they had power and influence, actually, to even remove a king or install a new king with just one word. They had tremendous political power. They were viewed as kingmakers, kingmakers in the eastern lands. Okay, and so without their endorsement, it'd be very difficult for someone to become a king or, um, or to remain a king if they didn't have the endorsement of the magi. Okay, and so this, um, this helps us understand why King Herod of the Jews was so concerned when the Magi were coming because he felt that, that his reign as king was going to be threatened. Okay, so, so he, was, he had to be pleasant to the Magi because of their power, okay, but, but he wasn't happy that they were coming. So why would these, these priests, these Magi, why would they come all the way from the east, travel over 1,200 miles across a desert for months. It would have taken them anywhere from 3 to 12 months, depending on how many of them there were. 
Why would they do that to come and see Jesus? Okay, and so actually the biblical connection with the Magi and Jesus is through Daniel. It's through Daniel. Okay, you might remember that in Daniel's life, he served as a very high-ranking official to to Babylonian Empire and, and the Medes and the Persian Empire as well. All of those empires had their own priesthood of Magi. Okay? And many biblical scholars believe that Daniel actually became the head of all of the Magi. Right? So his prophecies and writings were not only well known, but they were sacred to the Magi and, and for hundreds of years. Even though, you know, Babylonia, Media, Persia, they were pagan nations. Okay? Uh, Daniel's prophecies of the Messiah were sacred to them. So, so through his influence and faith and prophecies of Jesus, the Magi were waiting for centuries for Jesus. And they believed that he would be the greatest world leader to ever come, who would drastically and significantly change human history. Were they right? Absolutely. And so we don't know how many magi came to see Jesus. There's different ancient traditions that would suggest three or 12 even. Okay, but for argument's sake, let's say there was three. Um, we often have see Christmas cards of three camels and three magi going across a desert. And, and that's just not how it would have been. If there was three, there still would have been hundreds of servants and bodyguards and soldiers that would have accompanied the Magi across the desert for months and months. It wouldn't have just been three, three people on camels for, for 12 months across a 1,200-mile uh, desert, right? And, and not just those people, but, but there would have been numerous camels because they would have had so much cargo, right? All the tents that they'd, that they'd be living in in that time, all their clothes, all their food, and... All the gifts that they'd be carrying. And so I just want to talk about the gifts. Now in Matthew chapter 2, 1, Matthew uses the word behold. Okay, now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. So that word behold, that, that's amazement, that's bewilderment, that's shock. And wonder. So Matthew's writing about this many years later, but he's still in awe. He's still in awe of this massive and impressive arrival of the Magi and all their caravan of people and all the treasure that they brought. So this was a this was a big event. Okay, so we know we always see gold and, and the frankincense and the myrrh, and they're carrying those little containers, but but those were actually just three of many treasures, many treasures that the Magi brought Jesus. So according to historians, when if the Magi were holding high level, were honoring, sorry, high level kings, the gifts for those kings would typically include carpets, urns, plates, vases, clothing, sculptures, alabaster, Many items fashioned out of gold and silver, beds carved from ebony and overlaid with gold, chains overlaid with gold, and as many as a thousand jars of sweet oil. 
But they weren't coming to honor a high-level king. They were coming to honor the king of kings and the Lord of lords. They were honoring the greatest king. They, They were honoring a king that was so brilliant that the heavens announced his birth. Amen? And so they've been waiting centuries for this moment, for the birth of Christ. This is not any ordinary king. Only the best of the best of the best gifts would have been appropriate for Jesus. And so this presentation of gifts to Jesus in in Matthew chapter 2, it's more like a picture of a storehouse of treasure. And please understand, it would have taken them months to just assemble all of these gifts once they saw the sign in the stars that Jesus was born, right? And this would help to explain why it took them two years to come and see Jesus. So as soon as they saw the announcement, they started to assemble the gifts. That would have taken them months and then more months to travel, right? And so because the inventory would have been so enormous, you know, it's not just three men bringing three boxes, but it would have been many men unloading this treasure into Jesus' house. I'd be surprised if his house had enough room for it. So let's take a look. Let's understand these gifts, okay? So I just wanted to give us a little background there just to understand who these magi are. So they brought gold, they brought frankincense, and they brought myrrh, okay? And so please understand again, this was no cigar box-sized gift of gold like we see in the pictures. I would say this was, was not even a treasure chest of gold because we know from historians when the Magi were honoring low-level kings, low-level kings, that they would give that low-level king 20 talents of gold. 20 talents of gold is the same as 1,336 pounds of gold. Okay, and, and so that, uh, but they would have probably given Jesus significantly more than that. Now, here's what I want us to see, though. The, the, the Greek word for gold in Matthew is a word that describes the purest form of gold. The purest form of gold. Okay, and that's significant because the process involving just extracting and purifying the gold was very difficult and to, was very time-consuming. Okay, and so first they'd, they'd have to mine the rock, right? Mine it from the earth. They crush it into dust. Then water washes away the lighter rock and the dirt, leaving behind the heavier raw gold. Then that gold is gathered and placed in a furnace that would melt the gold into a liquid. And then that process, what happens is when that gold is under the heat of the blaze, what happens is impurities start to rise called called slag or dross. And then they scrape away, they take away the impurities, and then they repeat the process actually over and over again until all of the impurities were out of the gold until it was at its purest form, okay? And the only way to eliminate the impurities is with fire. And so because of the high cost 
to produce refined gold, it became only associated usually with royalty or nobility. Okay, and so the Magi, by offering Jesus gold, they were acknowledging Jesus as king. Okay, and so the Magi brought a whole catalog of gold gifts to Jesus. And this was deemed as the highest way to show respect and honor. I wonder if this would be a potential gift idea for Jesus. Now, I'm not suggesting that we give him our gold. Jesus doesn't need our gold. Jesus walks on gold every day. Right? But you know what Jesus does want? Is he wants our hearts. Proverbs 23, 26 says, My son, give me your heart. May you be happy living the way you see me live. We know Proverbs chapter 3, 5 talks about that, that Jesus wants us to trust him with all of our heart. We know Romans 12, 2, that, that God wants to transform our hearts with his word. We know in Deuteronomy chapter 4 and 29 that, that we're actually going to be able to find God if we seek him with all of our heart. So God wants our hearts. Jesus wants our hearts. So here's my gift idea. What if this Christmas we offer Jesus our hearts, that we submit our heart to the refiner's fire? It's kind of like a, the coupon books that your kids give you when they can't afford to get you a gift. <laughs> And the coupons are, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to clean my room without complaining. Right? This coupon is good for one vacuum. Right? And, and, and so it's like a coupon book. We're saying, God, this coupon is good for one heart cleanse with the refiner's fire. Malachi 3.3 says, he will sit... As a refiner and purifier of silver, he'll purify the Levites and refine them with refine them like gold and silver. How many of you remember that song Refiner's Fire that we used to sing in church? We sang it a lot, didn't we? <laughs> I want you to listen. This was the this was the lyrics. This is what we were actually singing in that song. Purify my heart. Let me be as gold and precious silver. Purify my heart. Cleanse me from within and make me holy. Purify my heart. Cleanse me from my sin deep within. Refiner's fire. My heart's one desire is to be holy. Set apart for you, Lord. I choose to be holy. Set apart for you, my master. Ready to do your will. I wonder if that could be our prayer, if that could be our gift today for Jesus Christ. David prayed the same kind of prayer, didn't he? When he said, create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a steadfast and right spirit within me. 
And as we pray that prayer, we allow the Word of God and the Holy Spirit to be that refiner's fire. And they start to lift all the impurities. And they start to rise in our heart. And selfishness and pride and arrogance and jealousy and offense and resentment and bitterness and immorality and lust and love of money and love of this world and love of anything else that we've elevated above Him. That starts to rise. And then the Holy Spirit burns away the chaff. Hallelujah. The slag and the dross gets burned away. And we're left with that pure heart that honors Jesus and loves God and lives for Jesus. Hallelujah. 1 Thessalonians 4, 7 says, For God has not called us to impurity but to holiness. To be dedicated and set apart by behavior that pleases him, whether in public or in private. 1 Peter 1, 14 and 15 says, So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then, but now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy. And so these scriptures show us that we actually have a choice and an ability through the victory of Jesus to live holy and obedient lives. Did you know that? We don't have to say, God, I can't help it. We can help it. Because of what Jesus did on the cross. And I think that when we choose to live in the holiness that Jesus died for, I think that really honors Jesus. I think that would be a great gift idea for Jesus this Christmas. Sound good? Let's talk about frankincense. Frankenstein. Frankincense was exotic, rare, And it might have at some points been more valuable even than the gold because it didn't grow in Israel. It was transported from Arabia and Sheba and that would have made it more expensive. But it was produced from the resin of trees that grew in the far eastern lands. Um, It was was amber-colored drops of sap And so they were dried into a brittle mass. And when you burned that frankincense, it produced a very powerful, sweet-smelling fragrance. And that was actually the chief fragrance that was used in temple worship, in the temple worship in Jerusalem. And so it was such a holy uh, substance that Hebrew merchants were forbidden to sell it to pagans. And, And scholars estimate that every year the temple would use about 700 pounds of this substance annually just to fulfill the temple requirements. And so this was the Magi's recognition of Jesus as our high priest. The gold was the recognition of Jesus as king. The frankincense, the recognition of Jesus as our high priest. How many of you know that as believers, we don't just have access into the temple, but we've got access into the most holy place, 
the holy of holies, the presence of God. How many of you, how many of you, how many of you would agree that Christmas goes fast, that the Christmas season goes fast? I mean, I'd say this ministry season's gone fast. We were just outside, you know, eating from the food truck at kickoff Sunday, and now it's December the 4th! You know, and, and so the season, though, the Christmas season, I think, even goes faster, right? There's, there's parties, and there's school plays, and there's busy stores, and, and it's just easy to get caught up in it all, and before you know it, it's over. But I wonder if this is a potential gift idea. <clears throat> I wonder if, if we could slow things down and every day take some time just to be with Jesus, just to go to that most holy place, unhurried and uninterrupted every day. It doesn't have to be for hours. What if it's what if it's ten minutes, right? I'm not going to. We don't have to put a number on it. We're not going to be legalistic about it. But what if we just we just say every day we take time to go to that most holy place, unhurried, uninterrupted, and just be with Jesus. But but when we're in that most holy place, maybe we could commit. To making it about him. Now we know that we can approach the throne and ask, right? We know that. We know that God encourages us to do that. But maybe in these moments of, com- of communion with the Lord, maybe, maybe we're just not going to come because we need something. We're not going to come because of the, the next crisis that's going on in our life. But maybe we can go into his presence for him. That he's the prize. That he's the thing that we need. And we, we just, let's just commit to coming for no other reason than we just want to spend some time loving on Jesus and loving God the Father. And I think that heart of just wanting to spend time with the Father because He's our Father. I think that's, an, a ple- that's a pleasing aroma to the Lord. That my child's coming to be with me, not because they need something from me, but just because they love me. Just because they want to be with me. Oh, what a pleasing aroma that would be for the Father. I think that would be a great gift idea for Jesus this Christmas. What do you guys think? Myrrh was the third gift. Myrrh was produced actually the same way as frankincense. It's from the resin of exotic trees. It was used as perfume, primarily for royalty. It was also used as a medicine. This is just... Some, something I learned I thought was interesting. They mixed, they mixed it in with fat. And then when they burned that fat, that aroma would help relieve headaches. I thought that was interesting. <laughs> so I threw it in here. Um, but, but really, the myrrh was very important because it was used in the embalming process. 
And so the aroma would fill the cavity of the body and it would counteract the stench of the corpse. And so the myrrh symbol, symbolically prophesied Christ's death. The myrrh actually acknowledged that Jesus is our Savior. He's king, he's priest, and he's Savior. And so for a third gift idea, I thought, what if we commit to having a funeral every day? What if we commit every day for the month of December to die to self? To allow every attitude that wants to promote self to die. Every attitude that shouts me over we. Every attitude that tries to replace Jesus on the throne of our heart. Every attitude that just always seems to need the last word. Every attitude that wants to be right all the time. Every attitude that thinks everybody else needs to think the same way that I think about things that don't matter. Every attitude that sees specks but ignores logs. Every attitude that's got to have control of every person in every situation every minute of the day. Every attitude that wants to complain and grumble because we didn't get our own way. Every attitude that would pick up a fence and keep track of wrongs and demand that debts be paid. Every attitude that says, I'm not going to forgive without an apology. Even though Jesus died before you and I apologized. Amen? I think Jesus would really like that gift because... Because as Brother Bridal read this morning from, from John, Jesus' command for us is to love God and to love each other. And until we die to self, we're not going to be able to love God and love each other like we're supposed to. John fourteen fifteen says, If you love me, keep my commandments. By dying to self every day, we're showing Jesus that we love him because that helps us to love God and and love people. I think that would be a great gift for Jesus this Christmas. What do you guys think? So I gave you some gift ideas. (laughs) And, you know, I I think probably the Holy Spirit was, was talking to you about which gift maybe you need to give Jesus this Christmas, or maybe all three. Um, so I'm just going to invite the worship team to come, and, and as they sing their last song, I want to invite you to respond, just to respond to whatever the Holy Spirit was talking to you about. And so I want to encourage you just to spend some time with Jesus in this moment. moment. It's going to be a couple more minutes, and our service is going to be over. And so just spend a few, a few minutes here, a few moments with Jesus. I'm going to invite you to respond to what the Holy Spirit's telling you. I'm going to invite you just to offer your gift. Offer your gift. Jesus, you can take off the earmuffs.
Come on back in. <laughs> We've got, we got some gifts for you, Jesus. <laughs> Let's spend some time with the Lord.